1: I'm Chuck Bennett, and this is Talkish. Welcome back. I'm here with my co-host, Josh Landon.
2: Mr. Chuck Bennett. What the Chuck is going on?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Mikey Eckstein.
3: What's up, Chuck?
1: What's happening?
3: So I think uh, we were just talking about Detroit and what's going on with COVID and uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, I think... uh, we should talk to, to Eddie, and Josh can touch on this, about uh, what just happened in Beirut. Lebanon. I'm sorry. In Lebanon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Beirut, yeah. Lebanon. Beirut, Lebanon, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've gotten to know Eddie pretty well the last just few weeks, couple weeks with Chuck and uh, the fellas. And he's got a, a hell of a story that I don't know a lot about from going back to Beirut and uh, some stuff with uh, Kim Worthy that um, – she just got reelected, and uh, yeah, I think uh, let's turn it over to Eddie. Let's. Uh...
4: Well, uh, you know, imagine an ordeal where the people that put you in prison come back in seven and a half eight years later and get you out of prison. Wait a minute, are, are are you saying that the same person who prosecuted you seven and a half years ago falsely
1: ex-
2: prosecuted,
4: exonerated you? Yeah, the, uh the conviction integrity unit. Uh, we appealed the case to them after going through the courts back in 2019. Tell us so, about the case. Um, it was an open murder case in Detroit back in 2011. Um, it was uh, my security guard and uh, a copper thief middle of the night? Uh, he was coming out the window and ended up shooting him in the window, killed him. Wow. Yeah. Gave him a full confession.
0: Let me let me let me everything. give you a
1: little background. Um, Eddie and I have been friends for several years. And Eddie was in his twenties, and was a very successful uh, real estate developer, um, and had uh, all kinds of uh, all kinds of projects all over town. One of the main things he was doing was finding apartment buildings in the city of Detroit and redoing them and making them beautiful apartments with uh, you know just really turning in turning them into. Very, very nice apartments. He bought almost all of the apartments in Palmer Park, uh, that whole strip of apartments there. And um, every night somebody was going in and stealing copper out of the apartments uh, that he was constantly putting money into, you know, to save the neighborhood.
2: That was a big issue at one point.
1: Right, right. And these apartments, he was doing beautiful work on them. And and then one night, one of the guards called and said that uh, we got one of the guys who's here. We see him right now, and you know, one thing led to the other. The guard ended up shooting the the perpetrator. Eddie then later came down. I guess you arrived. The guy oh, I, was already on yeah, the on the ground. I got a
4: call. See, the thing is that the backstory to this is that we were there earlier in the morning with the police. I'm not sure what precinct, I think 12th or 11th. 12. Uh, yeah, and they came by the property. They refused to search the property. Like, there's only two cars, we gotta go. We can't stick around and, and help you here. So we locked up at home, on board up the property, and I was on the freeway, and it happened. I get a call, I go back. And uh, next thing, the homicide detective's showing up, and Part, it's like a prosecution started, not an investigation started. They didn't care to investigate. They just locked right on me, right? And they uh, we we discovered new evidence a couple of years ago uh, that showed there was a lot of bias, discrimination, uh, just a lot of hate. You know, but there, a were, there were there there like was me.
1: evidence like your phone records showed that you were nowhere near the crime scene.
4: Oh, they, there's listen, there is and so they just surveillance chose to ignore too. that. The surveillance video that shows me driving away from the scene 20 minutes before consistent with the cell phone metadata. Um, I had an ATF agent on my case who was part of the investigation with the homicide back then. Um and he took him six months to gather all the data and study it and analyze it and figure out the towers with the GPS and so forth because it's, it's a process they go through, right? You have to get a court uh, order warranty, warrant and all that. He told him, at that time, you guys talking about, he can't be the trigger man. No way he's there. What, if, what did investigators say to you? I was never interrogated. I was never interviewed. I had about three, four attorneys show up to the precinct off of Grand River. They got an argument with them, kicked them out. They didn't want to talk to me. And uh, that's it. I posted bail. Um, they charged me like the fourth night. We have we even got a writ on them.
3: Mm.
1: And see, imagine this, though. So here is this young man. Yes. How old were you, Eddie, at the time? I was about 29. About uh, 29 years old. Mm. Uh, with all of these real estate developments. He has a a Lebanese restaurant, a successful Lebanese restaurant. It was called Le Chef. Um, I mean, 29-year-old guy doing his thing, living his life. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, because of circumstances, it went down, you know. And they they snatched nine years of his life away from him. Somebody got to pay. Believe
4: that. It's right. Well, the thing is we we're trying to figure out why did this happen, and this has got to be avoidable
3: how it happened you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying how how you
4: got all this overwhelming evidence that you still go after a person just because of what you know why why was there not an investigation?
2: do you think it's because you're an arab american
4: oh i I believe it is hundred oh, yeah. percent there
2: were some comments
1: made a
4: lot of i uh, i mean a of evidence about yeah, that stuff yeah.
1: In the, in the files, the evidence files, there are um, a lot of authorities who were quoted saying things like, let's, let's get this
2: ARAB and stuff like that. Mm. We're going to nail this MF, ARAB. And just so people know, saying ARAB is, is derogatory.
4: Well, you know, well, it depends what culture you're of, mm-hmm. right? In Detroit, there's two different ARABs. There's an ARAB and there's an ARAB. So when you go with the Arab, you are implying some kind of derogatory term to mm-hmm. it. Whatever your your bias or your feeling, that's on you. But it was made that way. But to me, I don't take it. I just take it how it is. Yeah. You know, Arab, Arab and all of that. But there is bias. It's America, for God's sake. I mean, I've, been, I've seen this hate for a long time, but it was always hidden and internal in a lot of ways. Now, the hate is out and it's in your face. And there's the audacity to this crap is ridiculous because people are using their authority to get you, to ruin you, to cancel culture they talk about. This is cancel culture because you're taking on the beast to get out of prison, to get your life back. Mm. People don't understand that. The reason we got all these prisons, if these people in prison got money, they won't be in prison right now. You know what I'm saying? The reason I was able to get to this situation because of my financial background and my, my family's, you know. And my, my mother and my father. But father. not everyone is right. as fortunate. No. Right. That's what we, we have, have so such black high, you know, not high as rates. As well. If these people in prison got money to afford good attorneys and hire and fire attorneys like I did. I went through 13 attorneys. And I'm wow. still with the feds because I'm not an American citizen. So yeah, You can imagine
1: how much money that is. And, and they're all paid. Atten-
4: they're all paid attorneys.
2: Yeah.
4: Yes. Hey, Trick, time in on this, brother.
3: Oh shit,
5: man! I seen it happen before, so I believe it happens every, every bit day. I I've seen it. it. I went through I went, it myself.
3: I went through something similar to this with him. Not as long of a time, but it was yeah. messed up.
5: And if if we didn't have the money for the right representation, <laughs> I'd be probably still in there right now. Really? Mm. Yeah. But yeah. And it was the homicide detectives that were against me. The prosecutors tossed my case around like a hot potato. It went through seven prosecutors' hands before it ended back into the original prosecutor where he just dropped it. And I'm like they had witnesses that testified that I wasn't the shooter and who the shooter was and they didn't want to hear. it. They were taking we don't we don't need your statement. We got who we looking for. You mm-hmm. know. They yeah. want to look for. The poli- it, the, uh, it. the detective got on the stand and said said on the stand I hate him to about me. What? He said I That's hate That's like him. S- same, same thing with him. Eddie, well, right? tell
3: them what happened to that. Detective. Right. I
5: hate I hate murderers. I was like, who the fuck you
3: calling a murderer,
5: punk? And, and
3: what, what what was that detective doing during this whole time?
5: Well, that one there was just crazy. You oh, know, this wasn't the one robbing banks? No, no, that was another one. His name was Walter Bates. He was uh, he was on the investigation. He was the one that actually, I guess, in, if you would call it, interrogated me, you know, because it's like I ain't had nothing to hide. So I went down there to talk to them after they tossed my house up and down. So I'm like, what? Basically, what the hell you want? So I went down there, you know, they basically said I was the one because everybody said I was over there. And they said, I said, you know damn well, I ain't killed a damn boy. He said, yeah, we know you didn't do it, but you want to take the rap for your homie, that's on you. I was like, okay, well, wow. shit, let's go to jail then. Nigga, I done been to jail before, but that you ain't actual. finna charge. You're not finna convict me of nobody's murder. This murder It's not happening. I knew that, so it was just like a waiting game the whole time i knew if nothing else when i got to trial and those other witnesses got on the stand there would be no way any jury could convict me with that evidence which is why the prosecutor tossed the shit around to different prosecutors but like bro saying what is the fucking point of a prosecutor if you're not going to utilize the investigation and and see through thoroughly what you know what it is you're doing, you playing with people's lives. You just can't be guilty until proven innocent. It's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And granted, I understand you have to incarcerate some people based on the status of the crime and the accusation. It should be that much more important to find the right information and the true, truthful information so that you don't have people losing time out of their life right. for your. Ignorance. Cause it's ignorant that they act like that and they abuse their power. And and you know, I can only personally pray that the most I make sure they see their day. But yeah, I hate the motherfuckers, cuz. That's on crypto. <laughs> that's on anything. I hate the motherfuckers. Now that's I don't have do. no you beef need- with police. Yeah. Like these particular police that was in charge of that investigation, they hated me on some other shit. So Hey, the feeling was mutual, so how you? How do you get at who you hate? You lock them up. But how do I get at, I'm, when I get out, I'm coming to see your ass, dog. Eddie, how do you feel? Are you bitter? Oh, no. no? I mean,
4: I mean what is your after revenge, you learn the experience of who revenge? you're dealing with, I think your perspective kind of changes. Mm-hmm. You can't have bitterness. You can't get stuck in it. I've already got stuck in it nine years of my life. I'm trying to catch up and and you know go back to what i used to do i used to have a very good life right and they took that from me for no reason for god's sake just because like he said they're ignorant and their ignorance on a whole another scale these individuals they're they i believe they're mentally not and there.
2: that's been part of the conversation more mental evaluations in the police training because you can't paint a broad brush we have a lot of good officers no, no, who are out there no we're not doing that at all but, but you do of, have yeah. many cases too many cases where you have innocent people being locked up, innocent people being killed. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something we need to address. And it's good to have these kinds of conversations to drive that force, for
4: sure. Well, it's funny you say that, and we heard Trick Trick talk about it. But look, look, read that right there. And look what they said after I had two trials and five appeals. After nine years of this, look what this court order right there Josh about to read says. And what you're
2: alluding to is uh, the court order. And here it is. This matter having been presented in open court through the stipulation of the parties and the parties having agreed that newly discovered evidence, which substantially, that Mr. Khalil was not involved in the crimes he was charged with or convicted of in this case. That's crazy. That's just part of it.
4: No, keep going. Read the last part paragraph of it as well as the Wayne County
2: prosecutor's own investigation into the facts of the case, warrants relief, and the court being otherwise fully advised in the premises of said stipulation.
4: After all of that, after two trials, five appeals, and you're going to give me that letter? We knew hmm. that from year one. So they came and they locked
1: him up at one point for a year. Then all of a sudden they let him out. Oh, I started with we a, were natural, so excited. I had a natural
4: life at the time. yeah. yeah. And then it an enli- in letters all over again. Couldn't believe it. I'm looking at the judge. I'm sitting with my new attorney who's going to do the appeal. We couldn't believe it. Like, is he, I mean, he's like, we have to. It's mandatory. All right. You're, you're listening to Talkish. My name is Chuck Bennett.
1: I'm here with Josh Landon and Mikey Eckstein, my co-host. And our guests today are Trick Trick, Grace Kiros, and Eddie Bittar. We'll be right back